What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Yeah. Good old humor, man. Good old yeah. humor is the end of the week podcast. And uh, been a whirlwind of, of a week, huh? Yeah, yeah whirlwind of a week. Mm. How's this um, week for you? How's this week for you? Like, I mean, I you know mean, we, we used to do we used to do your your wedding, your pre wedding uh, oh, yeah, check ins, right? check ins. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That was like post the hook expose and everything. How's that? Week? How's the week been yeah. for you? I mean, I mean, interesting lah. Because uh, yeah, we were planning the hook thing for a while, and yeah, like, this wasn't sure how people would react. But reactions have been super positive. Uh, a mm. lot of nice things uh, that that people said by watching the show. Uh, mm. But yeah, so. So interesting, like interesting experience. Yeah, yeah you. It's, uh, it's been quite, um, I think, surprising for me, because a lot mm. of people have come forward um, expressing that they are so shocked that this has happened to us, and I think you know, I in my mind I was always like, oh, if you know me and you follow a little bit of what I'm doing, yeah, you know that something happened, that right? But maybe people just didn't know the full extent and the scale of everything that was happening, uh, even the scale of the show that we had produced. And then the subsequent scale of the collapse of, of Hook and everything, right? Mm. Um, so that was one thing I was surprised by. The other part I was surprised by were people, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, I'm so surprised that uh, you guys continued doing this podcast and, and you still sounded very positive and all, even gritting your teeth through this thing. Uh. Um, and to that, it's, it's kind of, it kind of tells you about how long drawn out the whole thing was as well. It yeah, was uh, yeah. death by a thousand cuts, right? So yeah. we, you know, the podcast, and if anything, the podcast for me was, has the last few years has been a great um, escape, right? Not say, uh, mm. like a, it was very cathartic for us to be talking and, and just dissecting what's happening in the world around us, even as our worlds were, were you know, like in a whirlwind, right? With the whole yeah, yeah. liquidation. All. So yeah, it's, it's quite interesting that people made the observation, which I didn't realize. Oh yeah, you know, um, when you hear of bad things happening to people, you always imagine that there's no way out for them. That you know they're just mired in in uh, sadness and and despair all the time. But mm. no I think in some ways I I'm, I'm glad that we uh, were able to keep ourselves afloat and to to really work on something that you know to today has a much bigger community than we ever imagined. Or so yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, I think the one some responses I got, I I think they might think that it just happened to us, no? You know, like mm. they missed out the the three years ago thing, yeah. um, and yeah. there was a lot, you know, like um, hang in there and all that. And I mean, I really appreciate the sentiment, but mm. just want to let you all know that we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Uh, we have we have Yalabad, we have Folklory, um, but um, it doesn't take was away from a, the fact that. But was that a subtle dig at the friends that are not haven't caught up with you in a while? No and la. then suddenly text you out of the blue. No like, way, man. <laughs> Anyone who messaged me out of blue, right? I fucking appreciate it. Oh, okay, uh, okay, especially okay. people who, I mean, my closest friends, they all know. La, but people mm. who I haven't spoken to for years message me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah, it really mm. means a lot, man. Uh, yeah, a few people yeah. called also. So I'm like, mm. uh, and I mean, I think the one thing that, that for us taking away whatever people think of it is just, okay, the story's out there. Uh, mm. hopefully when people interact with big companies in, in media and whatnot, you just have this at the back of your mind that, oh, this kind of shit can happen. You know, mm. um, if you're mm. talking to the powers that be, just, 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 oh yeah, hopefully it just, it just, you, and it's not, everyone takes away something from it. Uh. Hopefully, yeah, it's, hopefully. It's, it's, it's not a matter of public record. The whole yeah, liquidation yeah, yeah. was messy. It was messed up. It still is messy. still is messed up. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are screwed over by it. La, right. So yeah, it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, so but I mean, yes. yeah, good. Positive yeah. plug. A positive, positive plug. Positive plug. Yeah. <laughs> the show is finally on YouTube. Uh, all yeah. eight episodes we released on, I think, Wednesday. Because at first we wanted to do two episodes a week for four weeks. And then we're like, okay, you know what? Let's just release it all. So they're all there on YouTube. They will mm, always mm. be there, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, now, now, anytime we mention the show we made, there is context. Like you can go and watch it and it'd be, it'd be wonderful if you can just. Give it a few minutes, um, and hopefully mm. it feels like a no show that you've ever seen come out of Singapore. Mm. And if you hate it, even if you even if you hate it, please tell us comments. Yeah. Leave you a know, comment. Leave you a know? comment. <laughs> we're, we're, I think yeah, well, the other side plug is that we are doing an AMA 
about about the whole experience, uh, whether it's making she's a terrorist and also uh, the hook liquidation. So I think yeah. we wanted to we 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 put it on Reddit to ask for any any questions that questions, you might have yeah. about the whole thing. Just yeah, uh, just go here. Because like an example of something that we learned uh, during the production is our locations manager went to every sex shop in Singapore to find to ask whether we can film in it, and there was only mm-hmm. one who said yes. Yes, only one yes. and and you'll see the sex shop in the in the show la. Mm, mm. so yeah so that, that's what we learned uh, a lot about singapore but yeah, yeah the link to all eight episodes the playlist of all eight episodes is in the show notes yeah but uh sweet man you know we we don't just talk about things that happen in singapore la, right? we do mm, venture out mm, once mm, in a while and mm. that's actually our first topic of the day too um, yes and what is this big topic that is uh rocking one of the the biggest countries, or at least in population size, one of the biggest populations in the world. Yeah, and it's quite hot off the press. Uh, it had been mm. building up the past few weeks, but it is the news that FIFA has stripped Indonesia uh, of the rights to host the upcoming Under-20 World Cup, the Football mm. World Cup uh, Under-20 mm. that was meant to uh, happen in May. Mm. Like, it's yes. literally two months away, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, at the very high level, Indonesia won the bid uh, back in 2019. They, mm. bid, they beat Brazil, they beat Peru. And it, this, this World Cup was supposed to be earlier, but it got postponed because of COVID. Uh, mm. And now, two months before, um, three months before, in earlier in March, because Israel is one of the teams competing, there were mm. protests that were starting in, in Indonesia, uh, mainly in Jakarta. Mm. Because Indonesia is a long-time... Um, Pro, uh, proponent or advocate for the rights of Palestine. Mm, so, mm. quite a strong anti-Israel streak. La. So, mm. there were protests and then there was the governor of Bali who wrote, mm. uh, his name is Wayan Costa, who wrote to the Minister of Sports to protest against Israel's participation mm, uh, and mm, said, mm. we will not host uh, uh, Israel. La. And mm. um, there is no diplomatic uh, relationship between the Indonesian government and the Israeli government, we request the minister adopt a policy forbidding the Israeli team from competing in Bali. Mm. Then, uh, yeah, so that actually kicked off the protest. Then there was another politician who um, said the same thing and FIFA started talking. Mm-hmm. Then there were, I mean, even a few weeks, uh, like a week ago, there was some tension and 31st May, 31st uh, March today in Bali, there was supposed to be the drawing for the teams. Mm, in mm. Bali yeah and then that got cancelled a few years a few days ago and then the latest mm. is Indonesia is not going to host the World Cup and the reactions are um, like there's a lot of anger la, right mm, mm, mm. anger yeah. so, so, given, right. so given but given that there's an Indonesian topic why do you want to talk about it Terence I think uh, it's an Indonesian topic but you know FIFA literally just hosted the World Cup a few months ago in mm. Qatar and mm. remember all the discussions about human rights and 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 all that going on in Qatar and then literally uh, banning the sale of alcohol during uh, matches citing you know like cultural uh, sensitivities and things like that right mm. so I think at the point of time me included a lot of people are saying that FIFA has like has no morals has no there's no uh, ethical standing in, in any kind of community. It does anything. It does whatever it does for the sake of money and, and things like that, like, right? Mm. So in this instance, um, in, I mean, it's it's got to be a huge a huge blow to the whole tournament, right? That's so last minute, uh, they're changing. They need to change the host. They need to change countries. Everyone's scrambling. There's talk of, you know, whether it's Argentina or even Peru or someone else hosting it uh, at such short notice, like, right? Mm. So, I think it's it's interesting that this is happening right, you know, very close to us right, in Indonesia, and the clash of uh, religion, politics, and sport has reared its head again, like, Right after yeah, after yeah. the last few months, and then, and 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 there were also a group of people who predicted that the moment the World Cup started in Qatar, everyone would forget about all this politics, uh. And to a large extent, I would say that's the truth, right? <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. once, <laughs> yeah. 
once Messi started playing well and everything, we were all like, okay, let's just watch the World Cup, you know, like, yeah, politics can sit aside for another month and after and that, we the stopped talking about it. So kick-ass. The final <laughs> was so kick-ass. And we were like, oh, what are human rights? What are human uh, rights? Oh, yeah, human rights. Yeah, so the fact that FIFA is sort of, uh, it's not even like a mutual agreement to not do it. You know, FIFA is like stripping Indonesia of the of the rights to host it, right? At least that's the public image that's out there. And uh, there might even be sanctions placed on the Indonesian team that it might not be even be able to play, let's say, for the World Cup qualifiers for the next World Cup or anything, you know? Mm. So it's a big setback for not just um, the the football team, but also the football association for Indonesians who dream of, of you know, watching their country compete in the World Cup one day. Although this is the under-20, but it's still, it's still a big thing, right? You know, it's still uh, the up-and-coming athletes from every country, you know, being hosted and playing in competitive matches for a, a significant uh, trophy yeah. in your in your at your doorstep la. so it is I think it's a it's some it's quite a big deal and uh, I think it's worth discussing but why why for you like um, do you do you, do you see it as something that is a big deal for the rest of the international community also uh, I mean yes in the sense that it is very sad la, uh, that this happened. Uh, because yeah, like, it's mixing of sports and politics, like. Um, and I know, I don't know if you okay. So, so the one example I remember that was uh brought up uh, online is the issue of say Russia, like, You know, mm. uh, there were certain competitions last year. I I can't recall which ones exactly where either Russia was not allowed to compete or or there was vocal protests against Russia, like. No, I, but I think one, the, I would yeah. say there was very the very. Uh, explicit, um, not say discrimination, but but singling out Russia was. Uh, I think Russian athletes weren't even allowed to say that they were from Russia. They had yes. no. They were not given a flag. You know, their the the insignia next to their name was just white in color, and they they just called. I think they were called a different name, like Not Russia, like, as as athletes. If I'm not wrong, uh, yeah. I know that that happened in tennis, like, For a lot of uh, tennis tournaments and and Russian tennis players, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So exactly. Um, there, there was. Uh, oh, it's the. It was in the twenty twenty two Winter Games. They were competing mm. under ROC, which mm. is uh the neutrals lah. So they mm-hmm. were allowed to compete, but they couldn't. They couldn't uh, compete as Russians. Um, but because there was yeah. an yeah. ongoing war, they invaded another country, and universally they mm. were almost universally they were condemned lah. Right. So mm-hmm. for this one, it just felt like um. I mean, first of all, I w- I was surprised that it was the Bali governor who voiced out because Bali is majority Hindu, right? So I know mm, Indonesia right, is yeah. majority Muslim, and and uh, even I think Suharto mm. uh previously was very very pro Palestine anti Israel and they have rejected athletes mm-hmm. in the past, um. But at this mm. point in time. It just felt like oh shit, this feels like something from from years ago, la. And and that's not even mm. think, taking into account uh why it is so monumental for Indonesia to host this, la. First of all, they've been planning for three years, not four years. Mm. 2019, yeah. 2023, they they refurbished like six stadiums, mm. um, and they've apparently spent like thirty one million dollars already on paper. So mm. you can imagine that it's probably a lot more. Then for two months to be taken away. Uh, the athletes, the fans, and this is one year after that horrible incident uh, in October last year, you know, that killed 135 mm. people. Stampede, it was the second yeah. worst yeah, stadium disaster in history. So I think this was meant to show the world uh, that, you know, football in Indonesia, Indonesia is super important. We can host a tournament like this. Mm. And then taken mm. away. Wow, two months before. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I think uh, one important thing about the timeline was really that Indonesia got the rights before the qualifiers, right? And then Israel mm. only qualified qualified later. So um, obviously, maybe Indonesia, they I mean they didn't know which countries were going to qualify specifically, right? But um, but even in that case, like right, um, do you think do you think what that uh, the country should should be allowed to? Uh, you know, not invite another country because they're having bad relations with it, or, or, or they don't. You know, they have no diplomatic relations with that country. They they take a very different stance. 
in terms of politics from the country? Do you think a host country should have the right to say, okay, we're not going to let this country compete? I think I think if it's the country is hosting an event by a world body, right? I don't think they should be mm. able to. But mm. if it's like, you know, like the, I don't know, the, the Woodlands Bazaar, you know, you want to invite uh, <laughs> stalls from all around the world. <laughs> Then that one you don't invite lah, you know? There's no global bazaar association. Uh, Can invite, but then, then don't sell pork lah. Cannot sell pork there <laughs> Don't la, right? sell pork. Don't or sell you have pork. your little your little square, yellow square for eating pork lah. Mm. Right? Mm. Um, but I mean, even any any other event in Singapore, like you want to do Singapore Art Festival, Singapore Night Festival, mm. uh, then you don't invite. It would still be polarizing, but it's your event. So mm. this one, FIFA to be a World Cup host feels like it really goes against the ethos of the World Cup, lah, you know? Mm, yeah. I think, yeah, what you said, especially because literally in the name, it's a World Cup, right? Yeah. And uh, you're, you're, you're trying to be open to the world to do something. I mean, for me, it's like tennis tournaments, Wimbledon, or, or you know, Australian Open, or that. In the t- title kind of tells you it belongs to that country. It's It's a property of that country, right? So say, for example, Australian Open, when they decide, okay, we're not going to let Djokovic come in because he's not vaccinated, right? Mm, mm. That to me, like, okay, I mean, because it's an Australian event and uh, it's, their, it's their event and their country and their sovereign, you know, is their sovereign right to, to do that, like, right? To say, no, this individual shouldn't be allowed into the country like, because he violated the rules that we have in the country, like, right? Whereas, uh, yeah, like what you say, in this case, it's, it's a it's a world event that they happen to be hosting this time, you know. They're fortunate fortunate enough to have been chosen to to host it, uh, and they also need to yeah like um, acknowledge that they have to play by the world the world governing bodies rules as well lah. And if the rule is you have to invite and allow every other country to to come in, then then yeah, that's where the, that's something that probably should have been hashed out in twenty nineteen Then. Then what about if Russia... I don't know whether Russia has made it to the Under-20 World Cup. What mm. if the Indonesia say, I, Russia, I don't want in? Uh, yeah, then, then that's where, you know, there's there's workarounds you can do. Like like what we like what they did at the Winter Olympics, right? Like not have the flag uh, shown and, and and have the athletes compete under uh, and some white label name, kind of. Um, but but that, that's why I also was thinking, like, is it... Was it so drastic that they had to completely strip Indonesia of the of the the rights to host it? Because I can't imagine for FIFA that you know this this doesn't make things any easier for FIFA themselves, uh, having to scramble to you know the logistics and everything of another tournament. Um, could they? Because I mean, since it was Bali that said, "Oh, we won't host the Israeli team." Um, was there some somewhere else where they could host them, or is it? Or do you think that FIFA was right in just saying? No, we stand by our principles. These are our rules, and if you're not following them, then uh, we're not we're not comprom- we're not letting you compromise entirely. Uh I would, I would, I think they had no choice. Uh, so I can understand why they did it because um, you think FIFA FIFA had no choice. Yeah, because okay, so if even if FIFA wants to relocate uh, certain games and move them away from Bali, right? The mm. fact that there is vocal sentiment against the Israelis that means their safety can be compromised. Hmm. Mm, right. Uh, there's 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 always this this threat lah. You can move them away from Bali, and I don't know. In this world of extremism, where you see extremism in every country, mm, um, mm. it is a big concern lah. And Indonesia is a fucking big country, you know, mm, mm. Uh, with a lot of people. Mm. So I imagine if something happens, yeah. Then for yeah. FIFA also, they're like, you know what? Um, no lah, cannot lah. Why should we make an exception for you? The hosting of this under twenty World Cup is something like every country would want. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know. I mean, in some ways, what you say is true lah. It's not safe for the Israeli players, right, to go. But in the also in the context of what you mentioned, there being like literally last just last year, there was a, this giant stampede at a stadium where hundred thirty people died. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. There could be public unrest. I mean, imagine if Israel was there and then it won the tournament. Like, like, could you imagine the kind of scenes that would be there in terms of protests and things like that? Yeah. Um, of course, there's all speculation, but I, I, and maybe a bit of a slippery slope argument, like, right? But mm-hmm. at the fundamental level, that is that there is a safety issue, like, if you are, if the, 
if the players themselves are not feeling welcomed uh, in the country, even whether it's by by one province or one section of the the country, it still feels like um something. It's just not. It's just something feels off, lah. And you know, it could lead to a kind of dangerous situation for the players, lah. Which would be the yeah. worst case scenario. Yeah, but the the weird thing is like. It's Indonesia is so polarized to the extent that okay, there were those two governors. One is a governor mm. of Bali. One is a governor of Central Java, who yeah. were vocal. Uh, they wrote letters, yeah. but yeah. the sports um, sports minister, minister of youth and sports, stated that FIFA required any country qualified to play lah, uh, and that yeah. um, the local security officers will provide security for the Israeli team. Mm. So you have two governors, then you have the minister of youth or sports, and on March twenty eighth, the president Yoko mm. Widodo. Mm. Um, he made his own video on his YouTube channel, you know, mm-hmm. um, saying that um, he uh, he he apparently voiced his own opposition to Israeli participating. Yes, but he also told people don't mix sports with politics. Mm-hmm. And he he was chasing and very hopeful of the president of the Indonesian Football Association, who flew to Geneva to meet to flew to Qatar to meet the head of FIFA mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. To still get it through, lah, but but it didn't. So you have the president and the sports minister saying one thing, two other ministers and a lot of um, Indonesian fundamentalist uh, groups and leaders saying another thing. Mm. Just feels like wow, like um, well, it's so polarized. And and I think I read also somewhere that the elections are happening next year. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that there are very big general elections happening next year, and the two people who are vocal about it apparently are very high profile and expected to. Run for certain positions, ah, yeah, in the government. Yeah, so, so there is an element of yeah, probably playing for the conservative base. Of course, yeah, out of Bali, you would imagine Bali, if anything, might be the more liberal, the more liberal yeah. side, lah, right? Given the yeah. amount of tourists they have and people, foreigners who live there or expats who live there, so yeah, it's quite, it's quite shocking. Uh, but yeah. that being said, that being said, they also recently banned um, cycling with helmets, uh, without helmets, mm. uh, most, uh, uh, riding on scooters without helmets. Mm. You know, and I also found out because last year when uh, my wife and I were planning our wedding, at one point we were thinking, hey, actually Bali would be cool. But mm. they have this rule where interfaith marriages in in Bali, I think in Indonesia, cannot happen in a church. Mm. As, yeah. in, as in you have to what, do it at the beach or something. Yeah, but then you cannot get married in a church lah. Like in Singapore, yeah, I got, uh, I, like we got married in a church, right? Because my wife is mm. Catholic. Mm. In yeah. Bali, if one half is Catholic, uh, you mm. can't have an interfaith marriage in the church. You can have it other places, but you can't yeah. have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit, Bali! Why? Why Bali? Yeah. Um, though I support but, the the yeah. riding scooters with helmets, lah. Of course, of course, safety. La. So in in some sense, you could say, no lah, no. I I wouldn't say that it's <laughs> for, safety, for the safety for safety yeah. that they're doing it la. It's really politics. But but isn't it kind of. Like I mean, FIFA, I don't know, has such a checkered record, right? In terms of, of ethical decisions they make and things like that. So it, it did <clears throat> did it come as a surprise to you that FIFA was so, you know, was so decisive in doing this, you know, compared to, you know, how they handled, say, the wearing of uh, rainbow rainbow uh, armbands during the World Cup, right? Remember, mm. I think there were a bunch of teams that wanted to wear rainbow armbands during World Cup, and then it was a a very big like moment when when whether they would do it or wouldn't they do it, and then there was also the flip flop on serving alcohol during the World Cup, and uh, you know subsequently there's the uh, Adrian Adriana Lima, the Victoria's Secret, oh, yeah. the ex Victoria's Secret model becoming a FIFA Global yeah. Women's World Cup ambassador or something, and then now suddenly this, which is like um like I very mean, moral, it's, it's, is it? <laughs> Yeah, it's like suddenly like, oh, FIFA standing for principles. I'm like, hmm, strange, strange move, uh, strange move. You think I mean, you think it could be anything else also in terms of um I don't know, other other factors that involve whether it's uh, commercial interest or anything? I mean, like just putting my tinfoil hat on, uh yeah. I mean Israel is is a very powerful country, right? Mm-hmm. They're small, mm-hmm. uh, but they are very influential. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that if if there's something that happens, the Israeli team gets gets uh, there's something bad that happens. Mm. I can imagine that having some influence lah uh, mm. amongst mm. the powers that be. Uh, also because this Israeli Israeli team, like the the young team, they're doing actually very well. No, they they made it to mm. the final of the European Championships uh, last year. 
Wow. Uh, in the okay. under 19. So they are up and coming. Lah. So mm. it's, yeah, yeah, it just feels like, okay, this is purely tinfoil head on. Uh. Um, mm. Certain countries, I think when they're they are banned, and this is not even uh, speaking about the possibility of unrest in uh, uh, the, on the Gaza Strip, right? Because of this. Mm. Football mm. is such a emotional thing. So yeah. it just feels like, okay, let's just go to Brazil or Peru. Just, mm. just, and it's them sad because the Indonesian team, they mm. only qualify because they are hosts. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, then I think there's a statistic that the last time Indonesia represented, was represented at any world, like world football tournament, was in 1938. And yeah. it wasn't even known as Indonesia. It was the Dutch East Indies, you know. That was how long ago it was. Eh? Yeah. So can yeah. you imagine, and this is from 2019, no? can you imagine for the country, right? Like if we found out in 2019, Singapore is hosting the Under-20 World Cup, then you're going to have mm. games at, you know, Jalan Besar, National Stadium, Tampani Stadium. It's fucking great, lah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then to find out two months before, everything just pulled from the rug. The impact yeah. to the the businesses also around it, the 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 spend, the the refurbishment, the hope of a nation, mm. gone, mm. gone, yeah, tough one. Gone, but gone, but gone, so gone. so like I mean, mm, you know, tough one for Indonesia. Uh, I think more maybe more sanctions to come. But in terms of hosting, taking over the hosting of this World Cup, there are a bunch of countries that have thrown their names in the hat, like whether it's Argentina. I think Qatar also, uh, Peru, who apparently was the runner-up the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking, do you think Singapore also should, should throw his hat in the ring? Uh? Wow, Singapore. Yeah, yeah. What do you hey, think? Actually, uh, Singapore not too <laughs> far away. Nearby, what? you can maybe some, you know, some you know, Indonesian visitors can still can still come and enjoy it. So, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a 45 minutes no. by boat. Yeah. No, but then do we, do we have enough stadiums or not? I don't think so. They only need a six, right? For but do we have six like like stadiums for like like world class stadiums? They're not world class, right? But you know the 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 function. I mean, but a lot of people have complained about the state of our non uh, every other stadium except our national stadium, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah, was suddenly Singapore, and then they extend an olive branch to Indonesia. Yeah. They're like, all your tickets will be honored. (laughs) Come over here, you know, STB. We'll, we'll take care of you. Internally, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure it's an epic. Wow, allow it. Passion made possible. You know, that will be dope. Then, then I'll be like, thank you. Thank you, Governor of Bali. <laughs> thank you, Governor of Central Java. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be National Stadium and then the the NS Square, right? The NS Square, the floating platform. Yeah, the floating platform. Thank God, Jalan Yeah, we'll just, we'll find, we'll, some way, we'll script it together. Like, come on, we we have a fucking night race in the middle of our city, like every year, like, right? I'm sure yeah. if we needed to like, like build world-class stadium, at least like improve our stadiums to be, be a bit better. Dude. Two months, okay, la, still can, la, can try, can try. This will be this year's NDP, lah. Mm. Dude, I will volunteer, man. Wow. I will I will volunteer. Like what better way to bring yeah, the country? But you'll disrupt NDP. That's a problem. Yeah. But that's why it's damn sad because mm. taking this away from Indonesia, a country of like what, 200 plus million people, mm. is going to make mm. another country very happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, la, it's true. I can imagine, okay, generally I would imagine most countries, uh, most people will be happy. I'm sure mm. some people will be like, wow, fuck, dis- disrupt this, disrupt that. But uh, yeah, sad, yeah. Tough one. Uh, yeah, if sad. anybody is Indonesian or you have friends who are very affected by this, you know, let us know what, what their thoughts are. Because uh, yeah, I'm just curious how people on the ground are feeling about it. Like. I mean, remember back in the day we had, Singapore had hosted the Youth Olympic Games and uh, there was a big hoo-ha about it and all. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of activities going on at every stadium and all. But um. After that, there was a bit of a political fallout when, when people saw the bill for how much the whole event cost mm, mm, and really questioned, like, was it really worth spending all that money for an event that honestly, uh, yeah, like, doesn't, it, it, I mean, it has the word Olympic Games in there, but doesn't have the same cachet, like, right? Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Sad, man. But that's why. But, uh, yeah, like, we talk about Singapore being, can, being able to world, uh, host world-class events. But, at the same time, do we show enough respect to the people who are performing at these events? Wow, like? power segue, lah, Terrence. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I think an example from one of our government officials, maybe 
proves otherwise uh, that maybe we're not that respectful of uh, performers as well. Uh. And what mm. is this thing that happened? Um, it was uh, something that happened on March 25th uh, during the WWF Earth Hour Festival at the Esplanade. Um, I believe it was at the Open mm. Concourse. Um, so what happened was there was a performer who was already performing. Her uh, name is mm. Bernice Lee, who goes by the name Benny. She was performing mm. uh, an acoustic song, right? Mm. Um, and yeah, while performing it, uh, Sim N, who is the Minister of State for Foreign Affairs and National Development, uh, she arrived at about 8.10, I believe, um, and she was led to the front row to take her seat in the middle mm. of the set. Um, mm. Then, <laughs> apparently, there were the people around her, they stood up to greet her. Um, mm. And this was just a few meters away from Benny, who was still performing on stage. Yeah. Um, and there are pictures and, yeah, like, Simen looks like she's talking and, you know, they kind of like, you just arrive at a party and it was like, oh my God, Simen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then a few minutes later, she sat down. La. <laughs> Someone at the back apparently shouted at her to sit down. So oh, yeah, people yeah. posted it online and people were saying, hey, this is not showing respect to the artist. La. And then Simen came out to clarify. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, we can go into like what she said, clarification, but when did you first hear about this little kerfuffle? Um, I mean, I think the motherships and all were sharing about it the day before yesterday or something. And mm. uh, yeah, now there's even like Straits Times articles about Simen coming out to clarify the incident at Esplanade and all that, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think even Mr. Brown also was sharing about it and... and and uh, there are allegations that she turned up late to the event as well, right? So, I mean, it's funny that this is like, uh, it's news, but it is, yeah, I mean, that's what happens in small Singapore, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but for, for you, what, what, what caught your eye about all this? Because, um, okay, so I, I think, I know you also remember this incident years ago mm. where mm. we were at this event of a screening of like videos or something. And when the minister who was a guest of honor arrived, like the MC just said, okay, everyone please rise to welcome the minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since that day, I've always wondered, why, why do we stand up when ministers come? Yeah. Uh, like, why? Like, what is the... Like, okay, if it's a wedding, even then, like wedding, parts of the wedding party come in first without standing, then when the person comes in, uh, like the bride comes in, stand. La. But mm. the standing up when minister ministers come it always perplexed me so when I saw this at first mm. I was like um, okay la, maybe it's just the usher ushering her and sitting but for other people to stand up and so close to the stage right that I felt was mm. like it's so unfortunate and so damn annoying mm. yeah no I mean you touched on something that was a, a very big culture shock for me when I first mm. came back from after working living and working uh, abroad in the US mm. la, specifically for like almost six years or so, right? Six, seven years. Um, yeah, it, it kind of shocked me how much reverence uh, the people on the street have for politicians here. And maybe it's contrasting with how it is in the US where half the time when a, when you see a politician around, he's being heckled or being like shouted down or being or being argue, someone's arguing with them like in some forum and all that, right? Mm, so mm. there's this very clear... The relationship between uh, your political leaders and yourself is is they are supposed to represent your interests. Like, and if they're not doing that job, you, you need to, to hold them accountable. Whereas when I came to Singapore and was a, started to you know get back in the social flow of things, attending weddings, attending events and all that, there was just yeah, this general like reverence for for the guests of honor, you know, the minister walking in and and literally, like, there's entrance music that's played when they walk in and stuff like that. And at first, I thought, oh, this is just stuff that happens at, at you know, government events or whatever. But no, man, it, it's like, it's literally, like, at people's weddings when they have, like, you know, like, guess of VIPs, guests of <laughs> honours. Or, like, even just, like, some random, uh, op- what do you call it, town hall or something like that. They're talking about certain issues. And, and you get, there's a whole bunch of experts and just that one minister or member of parliament walks in, everybody has to like, oh my goodness, it's a big deal. And um, I get it. So that was what happened to me when I first came back. But over time, I kind of realized like, um, it, it's, it's, 
I guess it's just part of the thing in Singapore, right? Because people invite ministers to their events because with a minister there, uh, the entourage follows. The entourage being the press, the mm. media. They all come and they cover your event. They want to do an interview with you. They give your event publicity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a win-win situation for the organizer and for the, the member of parliament or, or minister. Yeah. And uh, if if you are the person organizing event and you know that there's a way to get the press to come in, would you say no? Because just because you have some hang up about you know what the role of a, a, a minister or civil servant should be, like, right? Yeah. Then, so that that's what I've come to realize is is part of the whole PR thing as well. It's just I mean it, it is what it is, and uh, you you and I sitting here complaining about it is not going to change it that much, lah. Yeah, but I mean, so that's where like okay, so I the, a lot of videos have been taken down, uh, mm. and you can find it on a coconuts uh, Singapore article, lah. And just mm. watching it now, so for people who haven't seen the video, I will just uh describe it to you, lah. Okay, so yes. <laughs> it starts off with someone taking a video like straight on, uh, with the artist, right? Um, and then uh, he 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 or she pans right, and you mm. show Sim Ann kind of walking down the aisle, mm. So she's shown to a seat which is right in front, and the first few people stand up, and then uh, Sim Ann does the the ministerial thing, like you know, shake hand, shake mm. hand, shake hand. Then a few other people stand up including mm. the people who are directly in front of the artist, almost mm. in the front row. No? Yeah. So yeah. at first I thought, okay, maybe it was a quick thing or, or something like that. But mm. because they stood up, I guess Simeon felt obliged to shake everyone's hand. So she went down the <laughs> line and almost yeah. you can see like doing, the, oh, you know, hi, how are you? You know, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So that's because at first I was thinking, like what you said, right? There's, the minister, but there's also the crowd around the minister that reacts mm. when they enter, la, right? Mm-hmm. And some things you cannot control. La. If you're a guest of yeah. honor at an event, how people react to you, you can't control. But this mm. one, you watch it, you're like, uh, well, did you not know that you're entering a performance? Even mm. if someone is mm. ushering you in, could you not mm. just wait till the end of the song? Yeah, yeah. So so that's why I mean that's why I think the the, the ushers, um, and I do feel also for Sim N. I know ministers have a lot of things on their head and I know mm. they are shuttled from one event to the other, one event to the other. But this one, I don't know, man, I feel damn bad for the artist because you're performing live and in the front row, there's this thing going. It's, it's like, you know, that feeling you get when a, uh, at a wedding, the singer is singing this awesome song and nobody gives a shit. Mm, 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 yeah, it felt like that. Like, it felt like, so I think you, you, once you watch the video, I don't know, man, like um, watching the video just changed my perspective of it. Like. Mm, mm. So, essentially, you're saying that um, it's not she. She does have to bear some of the blame, lah. Regardless of the ushers being the one to push her in or anything like that, because uh, I think she clarified that she wasn't even late for the event. In fact, she was early, yeah. lah. Right? Just she, uh, she came yeah. earlier than she was supposed to, and um, I think they just wanted to get her in as quickly as possible to also, you know, enjoy the performance and all that, lah. Right? Um, yeah. So you're saying that she should have still maybe insisted to to wait until the performance was over before walking in, like, right? Yeah. I think so, yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so I think I think that's a, a good point because her apology was like uh you know, she followed the queue of the organizers and was greeting guests who were being introduced to her. But she I quote her, like she said, it was certainly not my intent for the timing and manner of my entry to convey any disregard for the performers and stage and the audience. Uh, so she's reached out to the artists involved to clarify the matter directly and told them I was sorry that things turned out this way. I have also learned something valuable from the incident. I wish them continued success in their musical endeavors. Right? Mm, so what do you mm. think? Like, like, would you then, do, I mean, do you accept her apology? And, and, and I mean, I don't, sh- yeah, apology like that this, that this happened. Uh. I mean, the apology is like a uh, textbook apology or something like that. The one thing I do mm. appreciate is because uh, she apparently got on a call with the mm. artist mm. Um, and with one of the organizers, which I think is good yeah. mm. uh, because right. the, one of the co-organizers, PK Records, they put out a statement. Uh, they spoke to Senior Minister of State, um, Sim Ann. Um, she apologized. They spoke about the music industry and all. So that's good. Uh, and maybe, mm. I don't know, I think I guess Sim Ann's response is like, it's like the typical what you would expect. Like, it doesn't, it feels like you just you key in some some parameters into a computer and it and it chat GPT uh, chat GPT, chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how so to chat apologize GPT, right? so, <laughs> <laughs> for 
for interrupting a musical performance by coming in as the guest of honor. <laughs> Tell me, generate keep it response. Po- yeah, keep it personable. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, but, but what do you think? Like, like um, you see the pictures, you see, you hear that, mm. and I mean, also because we are uh, we have performed in front of live audiences, also. Yes. Yes. Uh, which um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I do agree to some extent with you, Right, that even if the usher is asking you to do something, um, you have the capacity to you know be be a human, lah, Right, and. And understand that, hey, someone performing and then we should like, let's not disrupt their performance. Let's not disrupt other people's enjoyment of the performance by me going in. La. And and that comes from a bit of self-awareness of, you know, you walk into this thing, you know, people are going to want to sit down and next to you and say hi to you and all that, la, right? Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, la, she, she does bear a little bit of blame. Because this reminds me of an incident when I was, uh, you know, in, in my youth and I was in a uniform group. And I think, you know, uh, I think at the point Tio Chi Hien was like uh, I don't know where defense minister or what and he was the guest of honor at this at this parade lah, right this mm. grand parade and it just so happens you know that one parade that that timing that we had for parade it started to pour like in the middle mm. of the parade like you're standing there and the sun then suddenly drops of rain start falling and right at that point in time was when Tio Chi Hien arrived as the guest <laughs> of honor so he'd come up and everybody you know doing all that homat homat salute thing and all that kind of thing and I was like, in my head, I was like, oh my God, like, are they going to, what are they going to do? Are they going to call off the thing? And I just remember seeing a member of his entourage running with an umbrella from, you know, wherever they got it, running with an umbrella onto the stage to hold it up for an opening and holding it up for Tio as the It was really starting to pour, like, like really pour. People were getting wet. And Tio Chihen, you know what he did? He, told, he, he waved off the umbrella. He told the guy, no. I don't want an umbrella. I'm wearing my suit and everything. I'm going to stand here and receive the homat. I'm going to observe the ceremony in the rain with everyone else. All these other boys were in the rain or so. So at that point, I was like, wow, shit. That was like powerful, power move. Just one wave of your hand. You you won like the hearts of the people, you know? So Mm. to me, it's like, um, there's a lesson here for Simena that sometimes there's even, you can even win points by, by, with, with this kind of actions, you know, as a politician. And not just saying that it's, oh, the ushers told me to do it, so I just did it, like, you know? Uh, and yeah, say what you want about Tio Chi Hien as a politician or that. You know, it's this kind of things that 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 people see on the ground that, that make you think a certain way about a politician, like, right? Mm. So uh, I, I think it's a missed opportunity for her in some ways. Uh, and, and like you said, I think it's good that she called, she called the person and all. Uh, but yeah, it, it, this whole thing could have been avoided if she was, you know, just a bit more... Uh, yeah, like self-aware of the situation going on. Yeah. Well, Terrence, you got 2,000 things on a head, like, Terrence. Then what? 2,000 things? You got 2,000 yeah. things on a head. Oh, okay, you know okay. how long there, Parliament this... was or not? Correct, correct. But there's this other point that someone did bring up also, like, and, and you know, I don't want to say his name because it's, it's always, it always stirs up certain kind of feelings in people. But uh, mm. I'm going to say, you know, it's Kelvin Cheng, like, Kelvin Cheng. Ah. <laughs> his comment... <laughs> His comment was one of the top comments on, I think, on, on Twitter or Simon's post or, or the, the Straits Times or what, saying that uh, the reaction is way overblown. I think, um, if anything, as a live performer, this is hardly the the worst thing that you would face as a live performer, like, right? That there, there'll be people heckling you, there'll be people booing you during a, during a performance and things like that. And if you can't take the heat, you know, get out of the kitchen. Like. I mean, I don't, he didn't exactly say that, but essentially, that's the thrust of what he said, like, that um, basically people overacting to this, the performer, I mean, it can't be so sensitive that you can't even, someone just walking in and shaking hands, you get affected emotionally by it and all that. Like. What do you think of that? Like? What do you think of that line? Given that you also have, you know, been on stage and and you perform and all that, and then maybe it is a very vulnerable moment, la. Like you know, your when actors do crying scenes and things like that, there's always the mantra, that, you know, like you gotta be sensitive to the moment, la. Maybe it was that kind of moment for the singer. Yeah, I mean, the thing is because this is also, uh, it was almost like a planned thing, you know. If there's a rowdy part of your crowd, that's just mm. like an like an asshole in the crowd, la. This one because it's planned, um, it wasn't good and. I mean, okay, you never know. Some performers, I know certain stand-up comedians, they would love it if this happens, right? They would just yeah. fucking go yeah. all out, lah, right? Um, but uh, mm. for me as a performer, I'm not a seasoned performer talking in front or like telling jokes or something. I mean, giving talks, different, lah. But if you're telling jokes, if you're showing your skill or craft in something where 
I mean, I, it's fair to assume she's not world famous yet, right? She's still up and coming. Mm. Um, it can be very nerve-wracking. Mm. Um, and I know years ago, mm. even if I'm in a meeting with people and people on uh, like using their phone and all, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, hey, fuck you, la, okay? I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> what mean years ago? It's like, you mean like last week? Uh, hey, I can see in your face how, how you're... I can always tell how your face like scrunches up when someone takes out their phone while you're talking to them then, then I just I have to just like okay okay Harish cool down you can, you can also talk to me I'm here I'm here you can talk to me also no yeah. no no no, no, no. <laughs> I think I think maybe like years, years ago years ago I can, I can I will admit I think now I've gotten better I've gotten better but mm. but as a, and as a performer if you're performing to hundreds of people of course not everyone's going to be paying attention but this one I don't know after I watched the video and I saw that whole like a Kalang wave no, of people standing up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Then like six yeah. people standing up. Yeah. And she went to shake hands with all of them. Just feels like... Yeah. I mean, even when you enter someone's wedding uh, and, you know, the bride yeah. and groom are giving a speech or something, if you walk in, everyone will be like, hey, <laughs> you throw up. open the doors. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> it would be a unanimous yeah. thing, right? The whole crowd will be like, yo, they are talking. What the fuck are you doing here? And if the family gets up and all like, or like if the people around get up to welcome them, I would imagine that most of the crowd will be like, um, hello, the mm. the people are, are talking, you know? But, and, but I and, mean, yeah. but to, to, to be fair also, like, if you're at a wedding for 99% of people, if you, if you go to someone's wedding, you're, you're not like, nobody's going to stand up and welcome you that much. La. You can always <laughs> slip away and go to the bathroom and come back. True, But la, if true you are la. the fucking guest of honor, if you're the guest of honor, you know that there'll be some ripples in the crowd, you know, when you arrive, la, right? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, la, that, to your point, I, I think, I, this I'm, I'm just trying to tell people that you can still, in the middle of a wedding, if you need to go to the toilet, you can still go to the toilet and all that. La. You know, don't, yeah. don't take Harish's word for well, that. to high five everyone, la. If you get up <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and say the yeah, table, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to the toilet, you know, high discreetly. five, high five, high five, high five, yeah, yeah. then you fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it discreetly. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, but, but Simon, I mean, as the guest of honor, as a per- person of public interest, I think there can be a bit more self-awareness there. Yeah. No, but also for, for the organizers, because, I mean, you know, I think anyone who's been at an event where there's a minister coming, people get very, very excited, you know, very, mm, very mm, excited mm, and almost like like young puppy dogs, like, you know, uh, young puppies, mm, you know, just mm. like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I think probably when I was younger also, there was maybe that, that same thing. Like, um, But as you get older, you realize, oh, uh, I mean, these people are, are doing tough jobs. It's not easy. But it's also mm. like, do we need to stand up? It almost feels like we're in primary school, secondary school, like, you know, teacher come in, mm. good morning, same and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, and, and it's, it is weird. Like, I don't, I don't know, like I don't know whether other countries, um, the politicians or ministers are to that extent, like that everyone has to stand up. I don't know whether it's uh, like, like, like I mentioned, like, like much yeah. less so in, like, in in the US and things like that, yeah. like, right? And They're even the of, event, there's no like, yeah, there's yeah. What what do you say? There's no there's no what. No no, there, there's that kind of reverence for for uh, you know politicians and all doesn't it, it's not it's not of that level uh, in in like the US yeah. but I mean yeah. like the event that we both were at that was I think 2015 or something I don't know whether it's still a thing man Um, I don't know maybe maybe people have stopped standing mm. up I don't know or maybe like it's one of the things where you know when the ministers meet they're like hey your event people got stand up or not yeah hey but two people didn't stand up they're like wow two people uh, bro two people didn't stand up uh. child up uh, bro I got one last yeah. week uh, my heart pain yeah. But, but other, mm-hmm. I mean, just as the devil's advocate, so maybe the organizers and maybe even Simen herself, right, was mm. thinking, you know, maybe it means a lot to the performer that that there's I'm a, here. you know, a big guest of honor coming to watch, yeah, coming to enjoy my my part of my event, right? Uh, huh. You think you think that's that they could get away with that, with that argument? Um... No, nah, I don't think so, man. Okay, so Terence, you know, last year when we did stand-up <laughs> comedy, right? Uh, imagine yes, if yes, yes. Uh, C-Man came in and the, the front row seats all mm. stood up and and and, did, and I mean, stand-up comedy, it, it's it, there's no music or anything. It's people talking, so it might be a bit more jarring. How would you feel, Terence? Mm. Uh, but stand-up comedy, you have the chance to, oh, to pivot la. and adjust, right? You can, 
yeah, you can even heckle that, that, that person who is doing that in the audience a little bit, right? And make mm. a joke out of it. In fact, yeah, maybe that's the best approach to... Uh, you see a lot of stand-up comedians always make jokes about people leaving the set or oh, it's so bad, uh, that kind of thing, you know? So mm. I think stand-up comedy, by, just by definition of what it is, you know, you kind of reacting, you're reacting to the audience uh, as well, right? Whereas mm. if you're performing a song, it's kind of, it's the song like it's set in place. Uh, you chattering and talking over it does not help it at all in any way, lah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. there is a, a bit of a difference, but I mean, would I feel irritated? No, lah. I mean, it's just to me, it's like it's a, if people don't like your set and they walk out, I think that's worse than than people walking in, lah. Right? Uh, so oh, yeah, to me, it's true, like yeah. okay, lah. I'll deal with it, lah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember once I was oh, yeah, at, uh, next time. Next time when you, sorry, when what? Yeah. No, I remember I remember once there were, I was at a stand-up comedy show in Singapore, pretty big one, and someone walked out to go to the toilet and the and the comedian mm. was visibly thrown off like and, and I mean he made a joke of it, but I was like, wow, mm. you know, like uh you're one of the biggest comedians uh locally and I think it can affect everyone, mm. like, you know. Especially if you have rehearsed. Who, who was this comedian? Uh I mean, I must say, uh, okay, say. Uh, I mean yeah. No, no, okay, okay. No. I mean, I thought if it's public performance or that, it's, it's okay, right? It's out there. Right? Got a few, lah. But well, it's okay. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, because, okay, I mean, got it, got it. If, if people wanted to say, hey, you know, Harish got a bit uh, jittered when someone walked out, I'd be like, hey, no, lah. It was just, you know, it was, hey, don't, I'm not, I'm not sensitive, bro. You know, just like that. Yeah, I was just surprised. Because mm. I think these sort of things can affect yeah, yeah, yeah. people at every level, lah, you know. But yeah, I mean, like, if, if anyone listening was in the audience, there would be dope man and if you could just let, if you have any thoughts if, if you feel very uh, different about what uh, the whole kerfuffle please just um, comment on our reddit or hit us up on Instagram mm. sweet man yeah cool yeah. okay so so, what so shall we jump into the, the one show comment the one, the one show comment um, yeah so the one show comment uh, I guess it was on the the podcast 381 about the topic mm. of the pork being sold at the Ramadan Bazaar. Uh, mm-hmm. Income education 945. Uh, just just give a very thoughtful response about why it is a big deal uh, that selling pork at the Ramadan Bazaar belittles the occasion. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they just explain the ethos and, and the reason for having these bazaars uh, that it's almost like an extension of the main one in Geylang. Um, and it's meant to, you know, showcase how Muslims in Singapore celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also just um, some thoughts on like how, yeah, the business pro- uh, POV probably got the better of the organizers. But it, it's, just, it's just that they're happy that we, we spoke about it. And I mean, even this whole bazaar mm-hmm. thing, even today there were a few more articles of like the rentals and all. It just feels like, wow, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. Every day there's something new, yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was a very thoughtful, thoughtfully written comment. Mm. I mean, but you you knew about the 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 idea of uh, pork and everything in in the uh, in Islam, right? You didn't know yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. right? Uh, okay, okay. So so it's more it's more that I think we were trying to just dissect it a bit more fully, lah. As opposed yeah, to you yeah. not and knowing it, right? Yeah, someone also did point out that we were surprised that we didn't know pork is haram because pigs are considered to be unclean. I thought we mentioned that, but yeah, if we didn't, yeah, like I think both of us knew uh, that reason. Uh, that's why we were contrasting it with Hinduism mm-hmm. and beef. La. But yeah. yeah. Cool, that was yeah. my one short comment. What about you, man? Uh, I think, you know, this week has been uh, seen a lot crazy. Uh, I mean, news coverage and a lot of uh, in, uh, nice comments from people, uh, right? Uh, but I think uh, just looking at she's a terrorist, you know, even just the uh, episode one, there's a uh, one of the most awesome things is to to hear that people are enjoying the show, uh, right? Regardless mm. of what you think about what happened to us, what you think about that's business, that's capitalism, whether you think that. Is illegal or not illegal, or ethical or not ethical, whatever it is, politics, uh, not politics, I mean, all that aside, um, the show is there. We wanted people to enjoy it. And this is, for example, a comment from a day ago from SRFZ2Z, whatever that says. It's a uh, had a stomach ache from laughing. Finally got to watch it after hearing about it for so long on the Yalabad podcast. 
Though I'm sad about the entire liquidation situation, especially after reading the Rice article, we'll continue the support of uh, we'll continue the support of both of you. Tell you, tell you, yeah. So where was that comment? Where I mean, was that comment? That's awesome, right? On YouTube, on YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's just nice validation that at least the very least this show is doing is putting a smile on people's faces, uh, and giving them a stomach ache, but in a good way, lah. Uh, yeah. Oh, sweet man. That's cool. That's cool. That's yes. cool. I haven't looked at the YouTube comments yet. Yeah, yeah I'll go take a look. Mm, yeah. Okay. Sweet. But, All uh, right. And and what about so what about your, your one shot thing? Uh wait. You you wanna let, let me pull mine up? Would you wanna go first? Uh yeah, I think uh for me the interesting thing is uh you know I, I'm very big on cameras and all. So just yesterday I think Sony announced um that it has it has uh is launching a camera called the ZVE1 full frame camera. Which in is probably its uh most compact full frame sensor camera that it has ever produced. Uh. And uh the specs on it are, are pretty mind boggling. You know, cameras that used to cost two or three times that amount. Uh everything from those cameras have now been compressed into a much smaller for- form factor in a plastic in the plasticky kind of body, uh in the inter- with interchangeable lenses. So uh, it's my one shock thing because it's kind of um I think we've really reached peak camera already in the sense that mm. almost every camera that you can buy outside there can is really freaking amazing. Uh, whether it's autofocus, whether it's like the dynamic range, whether the, the picture quality that comes out of it, 4K, how many 60 frames per second and everything. So it's it's now, I realize we just crossed this point where it's not even about a camera anymore. Now it's about the AI that's in the camera, you know? Whether the AI can recognize the animals that you're taking, the vehicle that you're taking, the make of the vehicle you're taking, um, helps you helps you do all these things that the computational photography that only exists on phones now is doing inside the camera itself. Mm. So so it's I just you know, this is it's quite a I feel like it's a very big turning point for you know everyone who's interested in cameras. So yeah, do do check out the camera and uh, there's also a bit of a controversy because people are saying that, you know, Sony is is they just they just keep like um, cannibalizing themselves like, with uh, by 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 taking all these features from their high end cameras and putting them in in this shitty uh, lower end cheaper cameras and all that, right? Mm. But um, it's a it's an interesting debate about like like do how far from how how what is going to happen to all these cameras given that smartphones are already starting to encroach on the territory of, of all these uh, point-and-shoot cameras and all that, right? And are, what, what are going to happen to these two two paths in parallel? Though? Yeah. But, like, uh, you know when you say peak camera has arrived, right? Uh, but, hmm. okay, so is there any talk on, like, how AI is going to affect it? Uh, in the sense that I think these cameras are still tools, right? Yeah. They still they still need to be used by a human to to frame and compose a shot, and AI can help you do certain things like focus. AI can help you, uh, frame up the the shot more properly or, or help you stabilize your shot a bit. So there's a lot of excitement on what can still be done, But uh, whether it will take over the 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 act of photography entirely, I think that's another question. A whole other question, yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh. Int- oh, that, that that's that's cool because I mean the reason I brought up AI is because uh my one show thing is related to AI. Um. Because I think we have been speaking mm. uh quite a bit about AI and how it's going to change things and generally uh yeah certain um, uh wonderful things that we have both experienced. But mm. as of yesterday, uh Elon Musk and a bunch of other AI experts and industry executives. Are calling for a six months mm. pause, no? Um, in mm, mm. in AI development, la. Uh, they wrote an open letter yeah, yeah. and just talking about the potential risk to society, la. So, I think I was mm. just I was just surprised because, I mean, uh, I mean he's one of the the co-founders of OpenAI, and I also discovered that he mm. has an ongoing feud with Sam Altman, who is the CEO of OpenAI. So it mm, just, mm. it was just surprising in the sense like, oh, um, I mean, 
there there is this feeling that oh, things are moving so fast it's hard to catch up but at the back of my head mm. I always thought okay la, we are catching up with with the progress that some super smart people have at least put some thought into charting out la. but then now you're getting some super smart people saying that yo we need to slow down because it's going too fast mm. so mm. Uh, it was it was an interesting twist of events um Did yeah, they say so, why specifically why why this is why why now is the time to stop it um i think uh, oh wait uh let me see let me see one uh okay so so basically alama oh paywall 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 so okay so <laughs> i i i <laughs> was i found the articles document i've been trying to look for the open letter i haven't found it yet But uh, mm-hmm. okay, so let, let me see. We call on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months. Um, it should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and the risk will be manageable. Um, and just one big thing is that the regulators can't keep up, lah. Mm, mm. Um, and that now that is moving so fast because who we see a lot of development happening in the public space, but what about things that are happening in the not so public space? You know, mm. um, so yeah, so uh, I haven't found the open letter, but I just thought it was interesting, and there are a lot of articles being written about it, lah. Just yesterday on, mm. onwards only. Interesting, yeah, man. So it's well, always good to get a balance. That's like a yalla butt moment for AI. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but cool, man. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Uh, uh, that's that's all for this week. Uh, very eventful week, and we will talk to y'all next week.